be not afraid. Those were the first words of Pope St. John Paul II when he was elected Pope in 1978. And in 1993, I had the chance to go see the Pope when he went to Denver uh, for World Youth Day. And it was very striking for me as a, you know, I was going into my sophomore year in high school and it gave me this, this broader view of the church that God is bigger than just my parish, that God is universal, that God is almighty. And I felt so inspired. I came back and we had gotten a t-shirt, you know, like all good Catholic trips and retreats and things. <laughs> and so I said, you know, going to public high school, I'm like, I'm gonna wear my Catholic shirt today. And it had a picture of the Pope and it said like World Youth Day on the front and on the back it had like this star thing and it said 100% Catholic. <sighs> so I'm at high school and one of my buddies comes up to me and uh, startled me. He said to me, are you some sort of Jesus freak? <laughs> And in that moment, I felt so startled and afraid of what he thought that I did what Jesus says at the end of our gospel. Whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly father. No, no, I, this is, it's a, I went on a cool trip and um, they gave me this t-shirt, that's all, that's all. And isn't it interesting that those moments like that bother us, whereas moments when I stood up for the truth, even when people didn't like it, I was like, that was really hard, but my conscience is clear. Jesus doesn't want us to walk around on eggshells. We don't need to be a bull in a china shop either, but, but to be free and share the good news that we've been given. And as I reflected on these readings, these readings today speak of a persecution to the faithful. And yet there's a confidence knowing that our God is stronger than anything else. And there is a, there is a persecution. I don't need to tell you this. There's, there's, it's subtle. It's, but, but even that, it's funny how fragile we are, right? That I was afraid of what this person thought of me. Uh, I don't know if you, different stories, I don't know if you heard last year in October, there was uh, this guy named Andrew Thornburn. He was uh, named the chief executive of an Australian soccer team, or football team, right? And a day after his appointment, they forced him out because of his Christian beliefs regarding sexuality and abortion. A soccer team. <laughs> it's like, and he's like, you know what, like, I'm glad that happened on day one, then day thousand. Like, let's just be upfront about it, and this is who I am, and if you don't like it, I'm sorry, but I thought I was gonna be in charge of a soccer team, but apparently my faith got in the way. Remember in 2017 when Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett was being reviewed by the Senate, when uh, Senator Feinstein from California said, the dogma lives loudly within you, that the biggest hurdle for her was not her judicial record, 
but was the fact that she was an active practicing Catholic. That she actually stood for something, that she had beliefs that were on a foundation. And we can, yeah, I'll give you one more. There's all sorts of stories, you know. I I visited, um, I was with some priests this week in Nebraska, and this priest in Omaha, Nebraska, um, after the decision about abortion last year or whatnot, there was a, a note taped to his door of the church. And it said, if our right to abortion is not safe, if it's removed, then we will attack this church. And he said, you know, nothing ever came of it. And I guess it helped me to know that um, we were being clear about our faith. And that nobody, none of us want, like, none of us want to suffer. There's something within human nature. We don't want to suffer. But Jesus is the one who said in John 15, 20, no slave is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Do you did you know that the first 33 popes of the church were all martyred? So for several centuries, you knew, when I'm a Catholic Christian, that, that it's probably going to lead to my death. But the good news about martyrdom is, if you're a martyr, it's a straight shot to heaven. <laughs> I'm not signing up anytime soon, but I'm just saying. But the martyrdom today, people call it like white martyrdom. You're not going to get any blood on your clothes. But they might say some things about you on social media. Or you might not be invented, invited to certain events. But I like what G.K. Chesterton wrote. He said, a dead thing can go with the stream, but only a living thing can go against it. That, that maybe going along with the culture, maybe, maybe it's okay not to do that. Maybe it's okay to have a different foundation that we base our beliefs and life on. And that there, is, there, is, there are people today still suffering. I mean, you, you may have heard um, there was a, a bishop in Nigeria that was being interviewed recently, and he said that since the start of 2022, so that's like a year and a half, there have been 140 attacks on Christians in his region. And it's left 591 people dead. And in the last three years, we're talking 2020 to 2023, he's had 18 priests kidnapped, several of them killed, and 13 parishes just destroyed, bombed with no recourse. Now, I'm not a doomsdayer, not to be negative, but it's sobering reality of like, because sometimes I think... I feel so loved and welcome here and safe that I forget that there is a hostility to the faith, that not everybody believes what I believe, and that there might be persecution that comes. And actually, if I'm persecuted, and Jesus was persecuted, that maybe, maybe there's something actually okay about that. But I don't need to be afraid. That's why Jesus says this three times today. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them 
falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all of your hairs, all the hairs of your head are counted. Some more than others. All right. So, so do not be afraid. Some of us should make it easy for God, right? You know? But don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly Father. That fear is not from God. That, you know, I, I did have this thought, you know, as we fundraise for a new Newman Center. I'm like, that's kind of like putting a big target on this campus, you know, when this, we like to look around and say, who's, who's the one with power in our culture today? And that's the one we go after. Um, who's the one who has strong beliefs on truth? That's the one we go after. I'm like, is that going to put like a big target? And it's like, you know what? I'm not going to act out of, I'm not going to act out of fear. That, that I'm going to live my faith and the arms, our doors are open for everybody. And if some people don't like that, I mean, that's fine. You don't have to come through the doors. But the, the doors to God's merciful heart are open to everybody. And that he is the way, the truth, and the life, the path to salvation. And he is God, the one who is truth, the one who reveals himself to us, the one who's with us, He's God. He is, as, Saint, as, as the prophet Jeremiah says today, he's the mighty champion. The Lord is with me. My persecutors will stumble. They will not triumph. They will be put to utter shame. But you, Lord of hosts, you who test the just, you who probe mind and heart, to you I have entrusted my cause. That I want to be faithful to you. I want to serve you, not the world. It was inspiring this week to be in Nebraska where the Focus missionaries are doing their training. So I went to meet our new missionaries and to help build that connection. And there were over a thousand recent college graduates gathered to be formed and inspired so that they could go out to hundreds of college campuses in this nation and to walk with college students, to help them know the Lord, to help them to hear the truth and to, to see the bigger picture. I think that's why I think a lot of people here like coming to Mass at the Newman Center, because you see college students. Maybe not as many in the summer, but you know. Um, but the, it's inspiring to see these young people active and alive in their faith, even when our own children and grandchildren aren't. That there are so many young people who have received the truth and realized that the truth, if the truth is worth dying for, that maybe it's also worth living for. That I can gain a bunch of riches and all sorts of things in this life, but that's going to fade. But when I live for Christ, I live for an eternal treasure. Maybe two little stories. There was a, several years ago, there was a young medical student. He just graduated Mayo, which means he's smart. And he showed up for his first rotation, and it was obstetrics and gynecology. And he told his instructor, he's like, hey, by the way, um, I will not prescribe contraception, and I'm not going to assist in sterilizations. And so the, the instructor then turned to the other residents and said, okay, well, because of this guy, 
Now you all, instead of doing on calls every fourth night, now you're going to be doing them every third night. And they're like, and he's like, you got to be kidding me. And so he was instantly, you know, given a negative name. And so they, eventually they said, well, you need to choose something different. And so he chose, he's like, I don't know. And so he, um, he did dermatology, which he turned out, he turned out he'd loved and he spent his career helping people heal from cancer, he said. But they also said he needed to do a, a rotation as a general um, medical officer. And they said, you know what, why don't you just go do research? And so he did research for two years on infectious diseases. You fast forward 30 years of a great career. When COVID hit, he was one of the leading voices of helping people to understand how infectious diseases work. And, and here he is, someone who was faithful to his faith, and God was faithful to him. That he, he quotes, when he talks about this, he quotes Genesis 50, 20, when Joseph had been you know, kidnapped and sold by his brothers. He said, Joseph said to his brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. That God can take the worst that this world throws at us, and use it for good. And, and if I know that God can use suffering and difficulty and, and death for his glory and my good, well, then I don't need to be afraid of anything. Do you see how it just strips the fear away? Like, there's, there's more anxiety in our culture and with our young people than ever before. But when I know that God is more powerful and that God is with me, that he's my mighty champion, that all fear fades away. Last little story. This, this week we celebrated St. Thomas More, his feast day on June 22nd. If you know the story of Thomas More, that he and uh, St. John Fisher, that they wouldn't acknowledge King Henry VIII's illicit marriage. And so he was put in prison. He was the king's chancellor, but it didn't matter. If you, don't agree, if you don't agree with my version of the truth, then I will persecute you. Sounds familiar, you know? And so he was put in jail, and this is what he wrote to his daughter. His daughter's, of course, very worried about her father, what's gonna happen to him. Um, we know that in the end, uh, he was martyred, and his last words were, know that I die, the king's good servant, but God's first. And so this is what he wrote, we'll close with this, this is what he wrote to his daughter. As yet, the king has taken from me nothing but my liberty. In doing this, his majesty, the king, has done me such great good with respect to spiritual profit that I trust that among all the great benefits he has heaped so abundantly upon me, I count my imprisonment the very greatest. I will not mistrust him, the Lord, though I shall feel myself weakening and on the verge of being overcome with fear. I shall remember how St. Peter, at a blast of wind, began to sink because of his lack of faith. And I shall do as he did, call upon Christ and pray to him for help. And then I trust he shall place his holy hand on me and in the stormy seas hold me up from drowning. And therefore, my good daughter, do not let your mind be troubled about anything that shall happen to me in this world. Nothing can come but what God wills. 
And I am very sure that whatever that be, however bad it may seem, it shall indeed be the best.